What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 31 of the Roots of Success podcast. I am your host, Nate the Great Peterman, coming at you. And today we have a very, and I mean a very, very special guest. I'm sure you'll recognize his last name, to say the least. My guy, Jarek Robbins. What's going on, man? Hey, Nate the Great. Thank you for having me, sir. And first off, for everyone who's listening, thank you for spending a little life with us. I appreciate you for tuning in. Hey, absolutely, Jarek. I'm glad that you could uh, cut some time out of your day to for sure be on the show. And uh, for, for those of you who, who might be wondering, you know, who is Jarek Robbins? I'd like to know a little bit more about him, like more of a background. Uh, Jarek Robbins is a man who is dedicated to helping professionals like you achieve success by living with purpose in your life and business. At only 23 years old, Jarek was awarded a Congressional Award gold medal from the United States Congress. He has conducted trainings for a variety of companies and organizations, including Harvard University, the United States Marines, the United States Air Force Special Forces, UBS, BMW, REMAX, Major League Baseball teams, and members of the U.S. Olympic team. Man, that's quite the lineup. <laughs> but yeah, Jerick, um, obviously, you know, you have, of course, a story and, and everything behind yourself. I'm curious as, of course, I have a lot of millennials that listen to this and, of course, entrepreneurs and business owners. If you could sort of give us a little bit more of your background and really um, maybe some, some ideas on how you were sort of raised to sort of get you to where you're at today, I think the, the people would, would really resonate with that. Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you a few moments of life that are, that are really okay. useful to think of. And, and these moments... Um, if we want to wrap them around some concepts, we'll each have a, 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 you know, a question or something for a person who's listening to answer. And, and they're moments that brought me to where I am today. Um, you know, one moment was a, as, a, as a young person trying to figure out what it meant to have enough in, in the world. You know, as a, as a young man, uh, let me grab my little dry erase board here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase... Let me take a picture first because I got some good stuff on it. Um, but I'll, I'll race this real quick and I'll, I'll show you what I mean to have enough. And, and I'd sit there and I remember thinking as, when I was young, I grew up watching, there was MTV music videos. For those of you who know what it is, if not Google it, it's a thing that used to exist where they'd play really cool music videos every morning, nonstop in, in the morning you know, while we were getting ready for school. My favorite music video to watch was Hypnotized by Biggie Smalls and P. Diddy. Oh, and, man. oh, it was a gangster video. Like, these guys were in helicopters. They were driving Mercedes, and there was, like, Hummers chasing them. And, and I was like, man, someday I'm going to grow up and be like that. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want a bunch of people chasing me all around. That's, that's some crazy talk. Like, I don't, I don't want any of that. <laughs> but I would like the cool cars and yachts and all that stuff. Like, that was cool growing up. I wanted to have a lot of stuff. And so I thought about it and, and I'm going to draw a little chart. Let's see. Can y'all, can y'all see the chart? The little L yep. chart there. And, and so for most of us, you know, I, I sat back and I'm going to flip over here. Most of us start like in this little X and, you know, we want to get over here to Y, which is like some big results. But for most people, if, if we look at what's going on in the world and, and let's just look at the United States, 99%. So we draw like habits and results and it leads to this result called Average, 99%. So I'll, I'll bring it up here so we can zoom in. So we, we got, here's where we're starting. and We're, we're going for the 99% life. And so we got to think about when you look at 99%, when I was young, 
I look at most people around me. And when you look around and you look at most people, you're like, do I want to grow up and be as happy as most people are? Uh, well, some people are really happy, but most people aren't really that happy all the time. Like you watch these adults go to work and you're like, eh, I don't know if, you know, Monday morning, eh, like, I don't know if I want to feel like that where people are waiting for Friday to finally get out of here. Like, oh my gosh. I was like, I, I don't know if I want 99% happiness. And I was like, well, what about, you know, relationships, 99% relationships. And I was like, I don't know. You know, at the time, the divorce rate was almost like 50%. Now, luckily, it's going down. But in the U.S., the divorce rate was almost 50%. So the average person, 50-50 chance, they're going to get divorced. I'm like, I don't want that kind of love life. Like, that's not cool. And then I was like, well, what about money? Like, how are people doing in the money world? Average person. Most people live in paycheck to paycheck, barely making enough to survive. Like, I was like, I don't know if I want that either. So I started to sit down and I heard about like setting goals and dream boards and visions and, and give it at the time I was 14 years old working at Blockbuster Video and they hired me as security because I was too young to work at a register legally in California, but I was big enough and I had my head shaved and I was brown from being outside in the sun all day playing football that, that mean enough looking, I guess, that, that they hired me for security on Friday and Saturday nights. So I would, I'd get paid to just walk up and down the blockbuster video aisles before Netflix and any of that jazz and scare off people trying to steal DVDs and video games. Now I can tell you, I was highly successful. I got video game theft to drop by 60% within seven days of me starting. So apparently I scared off whatever kid was stealing video games. <laughs> but I looked at this 99% concept and I was like, that's not necessarily where I want to end up in life. So then I thought about it and there's this other kind of like interesting thing to land up at. And I'm going to throw this one out there and we're going to call it the 1%. We're going to throw it up there in the corner. Now, 1% nowadays, if you listen to the media, these are some evil money grubbing bankers that the 1%, the evil rich people who are trying to steal everything from us. So people start to feel this way about the 1%, but I've seen a lot of vision boards and I've never seen vision boards filled with 99% goals. You know, you don't see a middle age over overweight person struggling to pay their bills, you know, without a car on, on a vision board. Like that, that's not people like, man, someday I want to land up there. That, that's not what people are dreaming of, but that is average. That's average results, normal results. So what you see on the vision board is the 1%. You see planes and cars and houses and, and, and beautiful families having this amazing time together and people giving to their church and doing all this good stuff. And all that's wonderful. But none of that's normal. Like those, those are achievements. Those are big deals. So I qualify as that the 1% and people are like, oh, I don't want to be the 1%. I don't want to be some selfish money growing banker, all this other stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. You don't want to be the 1% of humans who gives more in your community than anyone else does? People are like, well, damn, when you put it that way, yeah, I'd like to give more than anybody else. But okay, you don't want to be the 1% of people who has a 1% kind of love life where you're madly passionately in love with each other and you can't wait to hold hands and just seeing the person puts that funny feeling in your stomach where you feel so alive and you feel like you would live for them and you would die for them. You don't want that 1% of life. Like, come on. What, what about the 1% of family life? The people where you pour that much love and connection. You feel like you, you, you are somebody and they care about you and you care about them. And whether it's your blood family or your chosen family, either way, like you feel connected and bonded. You feel like you got someone who has your back 24 seven the 1% of people who really have a deep bonded family relationship. 
what about the 1% of people spiritually who are connected deeper than anyone else around them? And it's not about comparison. It's just saying there, there's the few people who really deeply feel it 24-7 instead of people who just talk about it. And as I began to talk about the 1%, people were like, oh, yeah, I guess I want some of that. But here's what I realized. Someone taught me normal habits, these habits right here, daily actions, will never get you to these kind of results up here. Never, ever, ever. So I had to sit down at 14 years old and figure out what are the habits necessary to actually get to the results I wanted. It's a big question. I'm going to stop right there. For those of you watching, you got to figure out what are the habits necessary to actually get the results you want. Because a lot of us have dreams that are way up here and have habits that are leading us right here. And I ain't saying there's anything wrong with this area. This is average. This is normal. This is where the majority of people are going to land up. That's okay. That's not what most people are dreaming of. The majority of people do not dream of this as their goal. They dream of this as their goal. But they have habits that are taking them here. We got to change those habits. We got to get the type of habits that lead to this kind of result. Now, where do you figure out what habits lead to the results you want? Depends on what you want. You know, if you want to be the biggest giver in your community, go identify someone who gives more than anybody else and figure out what they do every day. If you want to be, you know, the deepest love and passion in your relationship, find someone who has it and figure out what the heck they're doing. If you want to have that deep family bond, find someone who has it, figure out what they're doing. I'm not, I don't know the answer to all these things. I know what I focus on, but I don't know the answer to all of them. So we got to figure out what are people doing who have the result you really want. But here's what I also noticed. When I look closely at people's vision boards and dreams and goals, they don't even want the 1% because the 1% is 400,000 a year. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look closely at what people are really going after, they're going after this other little category over here called the 0.001%, which is way up here. This is what people are really going after in their mind, and they have habits taking them here. They aren't even close. This would be a huge improvement. This is like fairy tale land unless they really adjust their habits. So I figured yeah. out at a young age, I got to adjust my habits. If I want a chance at even this, I massively have to adjust my habits and routines every day. And I had to start researching and learning and tracking down people. And you hear a lot of people say, find a mentor, find a mentor. I found books and eventually I found tapes and eventually I found seminars and eventually I found what I could do. Now, the cool part is books are free. You know, YouTube didn't exist back in the day when I was a kid. I would have YouTube the hell out of all this stuff and I just paid attention. Like there is a lot of free resources you can figure out of what the difference is between this and this. And when you start doing this, then as soon as you get here, then you start figuring out what are the habits that actually get you here. And so that, that's a question. If you're listening or watching, you want to stop and say, well, wait a minute, what kind of habits? What's the 1% life that I want? What are the things I want to experience? Now from there, how do I start to learn new habits? Now, if there's a great book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, there's three parts to a habit. There's a trigger, a routine, and a reward. You got to learn how to set up a trigger to set off the routine. You got to do the routine and you got to give yourself a reward so that you train it. It becomes natural. It becomes normal. You fall in love with the process and you do it continuously. You don't just do it for a week and fail and give up and quit. You keep going. Now, with it, you got to figure out what are those habits. So that'd be the first assignment if you're watching this video, figure out what those habits are. Here's the second piece. Um, 14 years old, I'm figuring this stuff out. I'm starting to wake up early, six in the morning. Now, I had football practice at 6 a.m. 
So I would get up at like 5 a.m. and go out and do some workout before football practice. I would mentally prepare myself for the day. I would mentally visualize my goals. Now, as I was doing this stuff, these are the habits, you know, that aren't going to lead to this life over here. They're leading to this life up here. And so all of a sudden I went from a B and C student to a straight A student. I went from five foot nine, 225 pounds. I was a big kid. So all of a sudden I grew a little, went six, four, but I started running marathons and, and, and at that time marathons, but eventually triathlons. And I was like, wow, my health transformed. Um, that's about it for that time. Cause you know, blockbuster video doesn't pay that much. So I can't tell you, I all of a sudden made a bunch of money. I didn't, uh, but, but I, I, I learned and I, I progressed and all of a sudden my grades stood high and all this stuff started to happen in my life. And I started to get this kind of result in what I could measure. I could measure my grades. I could measure stuff. I started finding outside achievements. You mentioned the Congressional Award Gold Medal. That's a earned award from the United States Congress. It's for youth. You have to earn it. 200 community service, no, 400 community service hours, 200 personal development hours, 200 physical development hours, and four nights living in an environment unlike your own. I, and I had to do it. I only found out about it. It had to be spread over at least two year period of time. So you can't just cram it in all at once. And when I found out about it, I only had two years until I was not qualified to earn it anymore. So I had to fit all of that literally in just two years. And I did it while in college. Now for the four nights living in an environment unlike my own, I decided to go live in a village in Uganda for three months teaching organic farming, which was also some of the volunteer hours. And so no running water, no electricity, no toilets, because I wanted to answer a question. Here's the question. And I want everyone watching and listening to answer this question. You too. Zero to 10, give yourself a rating. The rating on the statement is, I have enough. How would you rate yourself? I have enough. It's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what would you say? I, I personally, myself, I'd, I'd probably say, probably say five halfway in between. Halfway there. Some days you feel like yeah. you have enough. Some days you don't. Depends right. on what you focus on. Now, let me tell you a story of how I experienced this and let's see if it changes. So you said five, everyone watching, get your number, write it down. Now here's my experience. I was living in a village in Uganda. Now remember when I was younger, I wanted to learn how to get these 1% results. And truthfully, in that music video, that's not the 1% lifestyle they're portraying. In the music video, they're portraying the 0.001%. Yachts, helicopters, planes, cars. Like, I needed to figure out how to get to the 0.001% in life as a youth. That's when I thought I would have enough. Now, that seems silly, but that's what I was wired for at that stage of life. And, and I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out, you know? And, and so all of a sudden, I'm in a village in Uganda, no running water, no electricity, no toilets. To, to get drinking water, you have to walk a quarter mile down the road. You have to, to, you know, fill up two cans to these big jugs of water and then carry it back. Carrying water is hard. You, you're like wishy-washy all over the place when you got you know, seven gallons of water in each hand. So I drag it back. You got to pour it in a pan. You got to, you know, put it over open fire. And, and after you boil the water, then it cools and you have a cup of water to drink. So all that process goes into one cup of water to drink every time. And you start to realize what enough is. And, you know, I was looking around and like, wow, I have enough. And I started to feel like I had more than enough. And all I had with me was one backpack, a few pairs of clothes in it, you know, and I, I overpacked. I had like a little hammock. 
um, knowing that there was no running water, I packed, this is my favorite thing. I packed a, a camping shower, which <laughs> a little plastic shower you take camping and like lay it outside in the sun and it heats up and you have warm water. It's like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> you live in the middle of Africa. It's cool. Wow. Or Uganda. It was cool. And so all of a sudden I'm learning like how to experience having enough. All I need is my backpack, you know, a, a book, um, you know, this little hammock thing I had and I have enough. I'm like, man, I don't need all those shoes I was buying as a kid. I don't need all that clothes. I don't need all the, I certainly don't need cars and helicopters. Like I don't need any of this stuff. And all of a sudden I'm realizing I have enough. And I was like, wow, I'm starting to feel really abundant in my life just because I put myself living in an environment where you didn't need a whole lot to realize you had enough. As long as I had food, which was a big deal. As long as I had some water to drink, which was a big deal. As long as I had a safe place to sleep, it was a big deal. I had enough. I was like, wow, this is changing my whole perspective. And then something crazy happened. This is really crazy. I got malaria. Now, I don't know if you've ever had malaria. It's not cool. I do not recommend it. Not, not a fun thing. Don't, don't go do it. It's not cool. And it kills millions of people a year all over the world. And, and so I grew up in Southern California. I had this concept of eating healthy, thinking healthy, meditating, vegetable juice will always heal everything not the right place to test that theory. I learned. So I tried to meditate and vegetable juice my way out of malaria. Not a good idea. I learned. <laughs> I was being stubborn and I was being so stubborn at one point, you know, I got told I had six days left to live. I had 55,000 parasites per one red blood cell. Six days left to live. Now this changed my whole perception on having enough because after that six days, I took the medicine I had the worst six days of my life. I've never thrown up and had more diarrhea in my life. I literally lost about like 15 to 20 pounds in about seven days. It was bad. Like my, my body weight, I went from like 225 pounds down to like 180 pounds like that. Like, like shriveled. And I, I was like weak and didn't feel good all the time. It, it was pretty bad. And in that process though, what was crazy is the redefining again of what does it mean to have enough? Because all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, wow, if I can breathe and I can walk straight without vertigo where I don't like stand up, try to walk and face plant. Like if I can walk and I can breathe and I can see and I can eat food without like it all coming back out and throw up form or diarrhea form instantly. I'm like, man, I have enough. <laughs> right. I don't even need my cool shower thing. Like the hammock doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Damn, I got breath in my lungs and, and my body's working like I have enough. Yeah. Wow. And my whole, my whole experience changed in that moment. Wow. And so going back to the question, zero to 10, answer the phrase, I have enough. How do you feel? Well, I, I definitely, I'd say for sure, a nine. Hmm. Yeah. I have enough. It's the I recognizing... Do the difference it's contrast yeah you know and all of a sudden when i step back and here's his was crazy for people watching remember i didn't want to have an average life i don't have a normal life i didn't want to land up these people making you know thirty thousand a year struggling with relationships paycheck to paycheck all this junk I wanted to not only have the one percent i want to have the point zero zero one percent i want to land up here somehow like p diddy and Biggie small than the video. <laughs> then I went to Uganda and I realized, wow, 
oh my gosh, no running water, no electricity, no toilets. Like I have enough if I just have them and stuff on my back. And then I almost mm -hmm. died. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I have a breath in my lungs, if, if, if my body's working properly, oh my gosh, I have more than enough just with that. And all of a sudden I realized what we call the average person is really truly the 1% of the world. Most people have less than two bucks a day to live on. There's millions of people around the world struggling for their last breath right now. So true. And all of a sudden I realized that average life that I was trying to work my way away from was really a blessed life. And I realized having enough, <laughs> wow, we have more than enough every single day. Wow. They're yeah. like, wow, if you're watching this on a piece of technology somewhere, I guarantee you have more than enough. Now, I'm not saying don't go for your goals. Go for them. Expand that shit. Go bigger than you ever imagined. Make the 0.001% look freaking small, man. Like, go for it. Get out there. See what you could do. But do it from a place where you know you have more than enough. Don't do it from a place where you think someday when I finally get there, then I'll have enough. That's how I started. And living in a village in Uganda and almost dying brought me to a place where I realized, oh, crap, I have way more than enough. Now, here's what's wild. There's, there's the next piece of this, you know, and hopefully this is useful conversation for people listening. Absolutely. Second piece I had to figure out was, am I enough? Mm. So real quick, zero to 10, take out a piece of paper. Jot it down. I am enough. I am enough. Zero to 10. What do you got, Nate? I would definitely say... Seven. Seven. Fair yeah. enough. Everyone watching, are you out there? Zero to ten, we got. I am enough. Mm. Now, I'll give you a little give you a little story. See what yeah. happens. I'm enough. You got a seven. Let me write it down so I remember. So we had a we had a five and I have enough, and it jumped up to about a nine. We have a seven and I am enough. For everyone watching, see what you do. So I am enough. Going back to that village in Africa, I remember every single morning, I woke up in the morning and I washed out my window. I'd push open these big metal shutters on the door. There was like these shutter things that were on the, the door of my, win my room I was in. And I'd push them open and I'd lean out the window and about a hundred yards out, there was this little hospital clinic. And this little old man every morning would come out and he grabbed this long thatch broom, this long thatch broom. And he kind of stretched. Oh, and then he'd come down the stairs and he would work his way down this long dirt path all the way to the main road. And it was like step, step, sweep, sweep, step, step, sweep, sweep, step, step, sweep, sweep, all the way down the path. He'd get to the main road, stretch his back, oh, come back, step, step, sweep, sweep, step, step, sweep, sweep, all the way to the doorstep. He'd get back to the two steps in front of this clinic. And he'd stand there and have the biggest smile on his face. Like this dude was glowing ear to ear. And I remember watching him and being like, wow, how's this guy so damn happy? <laughs> right. <laughs> he's obviously the janitor or the caretaker, but like, he's so happy about it. Like I've seen some janitors in my life. Like there was one in my high school, there was one in my grade school. And some of these guys were kind of happy, but no one was like that guy happy. And I was like, I need to know what's going on in this guy's world. And so I remember... I took a friend and we went and interviewed him. We asked him, you know, why do you do what you do? So I asked her and then she asked him and then he like shrugged and said something back to her. 
and, and she, she looked at me and she said, he said, cause I'm supposed to. I was like, Oh, like, no, ask him like, why? And she's like, I speak English, stupid. You don't have to yell. And, and I was like, but why, why? She's like, okay, I get it. Hold on a second. And so she looked at him and she, she said it a little differently. And then all of a sudden he went like, and his face lit up. And I was like, yeah, 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 that, that, that. Like, why, why, what does that mean right there? And, and she goes, wow, that's really beautiful. I said, what was it? And he said, he said, the reason that I sweep the leaves every morning is because I believe every human being, whether it's a small baby about to enter this world or a sick or elderly person about to leave this world, I believe they deserve a clear path to do so. I remember thinking, damn, (laughs) this dude is living his purpose. And let me qualify. He was the janitor of a small broken down clinic in a rural farming village in Uganda. He slept inside of a closet, like a door that opened and the closet had enough room for a cot, a little hospital cot to fit in the closet. And when you opened it, it was pushed up against the door and the wall. So that was as big as the little closet was. It was a broom closet. And when you shut the door, like you're lying on the bed and the door would like shut to the bed. That was the whole room. He lived in there. That was his bedroom. Enough to have a cot that fit in the room perfectly in the little square or rectangle of the room. That's where he lived. He swept leaves and just kept the place clean. And this dude had more purpose than more people I meet around the world. And all he was doing was sweeping leaves, keeping it clean. Now, he did have a sick-ass hat collection. I'll give him that. He liked hats. (laughs) But besides that, he kept this place clean. But he found deep meaning and purpose in keeping the place clean. Now, this kind of circled back in my life. Probably a year and a half ago, I was with my wife. We were living in San Diego. And one day I looked and I saw, you know, there, there was a bunch of sand on the ground in our kitchen. So I, I stood up and I grabbed the broom and I started sweeping the sand. And one of my friends just walked by and saw me and like came upstairs and was like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sweeping. He's like, oh, man, listen, I've been reading a bunch of business books and I've got to be honest with you. You shouldn't be doing this. And I said, why? And, and he says, listen, how much could you pay someone per hour to sweep the floor for you? I don't know, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. He's like, yeah. And how much are you worth per hour? And I stopped for a second and I said, worth per hour? I don't, I don't know. He's like, well, how much could you charge if you went out and did some type of service? I was like, I don't know. In coaching, we charge between 500 bucks, 1200 bucks an hour. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, what about speaking? I'm like, speaking, we charge, I don't know, 20 to 50 grand a speech. He's like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing the high, you know, revenue activities and leave these activities to someone you could pay to do it. And I said, why? So that you can go do more of those activities and make more money. And I said, well, why? Because when you make more money, then you could provide more jobs. You could help the community. You could do all this stuff. And I'm like, and then what? And then you could grow your company and then you can make even more money. I'm like, then what are you going to do then? He's like, then you're going to grow and you're going to have more jobs and then you're going to automate it all so that someday you can sit back and enjoy yourself without having to ever worry about money. And I stopped for a second and said, wait a second. Here's a crazy question. If I can't enjoy sweeping the floor right now, 
what makes you think I'm going to enjoy any of that? No matter how big it gets. And he looked at me really weird. He's like, I don't think you understand what I was saying. I was like, I don't think you understand what I'm saying, man. If I can't enjoy sweeping the floor right now in my own home, how in the world am I supposed to enjoy all this fantasy world dream that I'm going to go create? I'm going to work so hard to create all that and provide more to the community and give more and build more and have more jobs and more employees and more team members and a bigger company and more revenue and all this other jazz. But if I can't enjoy the simplest thing that's right in front of me right now, I'm not going to enjoy any of it. And I said, but if I can learn to enjoy sweeping the floor right now and find bliss in it, find joy in it, find happiness in it, find laughter in it, find creativity in it and curiosity in this moment, if I can truly find that deep joy and just the simplicity of sweeping my own floor, I bet I'm going to enjoy every moment of that journey to the top and back. And I went back to the question. Can I figure out how to feel like I am enough? Can I feel like I am enough just in learning to sweep the floor? And all of a sudden it became a challenge. Can I look at the world around me? And can I do things in pure simplicity, but find out that I am enough just by being human? If I have a breath in my body and I can show up and just be human, care, talk, listen, love, learn, laugh. If I can just be human, knowing that I am enough, I don't have to do a damn thing. I don't have to achieve anything. I don't have to be anybody. I just have to show up. And as long as I show up every day, I'm enough. But that's a challenge. It starts with learning how to feel like you're enough by just sweeping the floor. And it's not the end result of sweeping the floor. It's the process of sweeping the floor. Because if you're going after those 0.001%, there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to have to do. And it's a practice of saying, hey, I need to learn how to fall in love with every single step of it. And if I can do that, all of a sudden I can go back to the question and ask myself, zero to 10, how much do I relate to this phrase? I am enough. Nate, how you doing? <laughs> oh man, you definitely got me in my feels. <laughs> I am enough. Uh, how do you feel? Yeah. Zero to 10. Um, honestly, I mean, I, I would definitely say probably a six after, after hearing that. Okay. It, 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 it did. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, but yeah. now, here's your challenge. The goal isn't to make everyone feel like they're a 10 after this conversation. It's to sure. identify where we need to put some work in. So if we need some work in feeling like I am enough, we need to qualify. Here's the question for those of you watching or listening. What has to happen for you to feel like you're enough? You're going to have to take out a pen and paper and you're going to have to write it down. If you're listening, you might want to hit pause, take a few moments and write it down. Write down what has to happen for you to feel like you're enough. Now you're going to write down some things. Some of them will seem ridiculous. Some of them will seem pretty smart, pretty simple. Some of them will be complex. Some of them will be strange. Someone will be like, I don't even know why that's on the damn paper. <laughs> it just feels like I have to do it if I'm going to be enough. <laughs> that's okay. It's yours. It's not anybody else's. What I want you to do is comb through them and say, are any of these unnecessary? Are any of these just something I came up with along the way? I remember when I was a kid, I thought that I had, for me to be enough, I thought I had to have my hair combed perfectly all the time, my shirt tucked in. 
Why? Because I had a wonderful stepmother who unknowingly at one point in my life said, hey, your dad's going to be really upset if you show up to the family picture and have your hair like that. Tuck your shirt in and comb your hair. Otherwise, he will be upset. And I remember in my brain hearing, he's not going to love you if you're not well put together. And thinking, oh, snap. I need to get my shit together. Otherwise, dad ain't going to love me. That was not true. He did not give a flying shit if I had my hair combed or my shirt tucked in. But because of a, just a simple comment made by someone around me, I thought that's who I needed to be in order to be enough. And so sometimes you got to comb back and say, hey, who did I want love from the most growing up? Now, whoever that person was, who did I think I needed to be in order to get it? Now, whoever that person is, you got to ask yourself, hey, who am I today? And a lot of times we'll see a deep reflection of who we thought we needed to be as a kid in order to get someone's love and feel like we're enough. And all of a sudden you got to then ask yourself the next question. What part of this is still useful? And what part of this can I finally let go of? Because it ain't needed anymore. Like I let go of the fact that I needed my hair a certain way and my shirt tucked in. Honestly, because I went and asked dad. I said, hey, this is going to sound insane. Do I need to tuck my shirt in and comb my hair for you to love me? And he just started laughing. He's like, where the shit did you come up with that? He's like, I don't give a shit if you comb your hair and fucking tuck your shirt in. I remember being like, really? Like, I'm still cool? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Where'd you come up with this shit? I was like, fuck, I don't know. And I had to think back. And I'm like, you know, it was a freaking family picture. Someone told me, my stepmom told me, you weren't going to be happy if I freaking had my hair messed up. He's like, well, that's fucking ridiculous. And all of a sudden it took, you know, 10 years of me thinking I had to be a certain way and lifted it off my back. But it's getting real, answering those questions. If you're listening, you might want to pause, go back, hit replay, listen to that part, and really answer the questions. And then go have a conversation with the people you think you needed to be a certain way for and ask them. Now, I've had the other case where I asked my grandma, who's another person I wanted love from as a kid. And I said, grandma, did I need to be like this growing up? And she says, you sure as shit needed to because I would kick you out if you didn't. And I was like, okay, that's enough. I'm going to let that one go. I'm, I'm going to choose to cross it off the list. I don't care if grandma wants it or not. She, she does it for me. I'm going to cross it off myself because I don't want it anymore. And I let that one go. So some wow. of them you need to cross off yourself. Some of them you can go clear up with the person. Now there's one final piece. So I have enough. I am enough. Oof. Here comes the big one. Zero to 10. I am loved enough. Oh, man. I'm loved enough. Um, whew, that, that's a deep one. <laughs> uh, I would say. I told you it was a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. <laughs> I got the feels going with these other ones. You didn't even see this oh. one coming. Uh, this is a mega one right here. I would say um, probably a probably a four. Mm. I'd say a four. Four. Now I'm going to stop and appreciate your honesty real quick. Yeah. I appreciate you being real. And I think everyone listening and watching will appreciate that as well. It allows people to be vulnerable, allows people to have space. And it's a great yeah. gift you can give to this community that you're building. And so for everyone who's watching, for everyone who's listening, zero to 10, here's the phrase. I am loved enough. 
No. I had a tough time with this one. Real tough time. Growing up, I have a dad who is a monster in all the right ways of the industry that I also chose to be in. It's also the person that I really wanted love from growing up. It's also the person that I compared myself to. Not a good idea, but I did it anyways. I had high standards. I want to be like him some way, shape or form. And so this whole time, there was always a feeling of wanting dad's love. Now, what's interesting, I don't know if you've had this experience. You go to a person that you really hope to get their approval from. You hope to get their love. You hope to get their acknowledgement. And you show them what you're up to. And they, they point out ways it could be better, which is nice. It, it's generous, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like criticism. It feels like they're pointing out what's wrong instead of what's right. And that hurts. And I remember for years feeling so frustrated because every time I'd show him what I was up to, he'd say, but have you thought of this? But have you looked at this? But what about this? And I'd be like, why, why can't he just say good job? Why can't he say you're amazing? Why can't he just say all this good stuff? You know, why can't he say I'm proud of you? Why can't he? And he would say it a lot. You know, when I look back, he was always saying, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm proud of you. I love you. But I never heard it because I'd only focus on the time he's like, yeah, but here you could improve this. Or are you going to work on this or challenge yourself here? Or, Can't you be better in this? I would only hear the criticism and, and, and what he was trying to share with me to improve. And I could never hear the good stuff for some reason. And even if I heard it, I couldn't feel it because I was so concerned with trying to be more because I didn't feel like I was loved enough. And what was interesting is whenever I'd be around him, he'd say, how are you doing? And I'd go on a 15 minute conversation telling him all the amazing things I was up to. I'm writing a book and I'm doing this and I'm traveling the world and I'm working with this company, working with this company. And after a while, I noticed something. I was like, why can't he just say, I'm so proud of you? Why can't he say that's so amazing? He always was like, oh, it's good. Good for you. And I noticed something. I had to stop and I had to get real. My wife actually taught me this. And it was a conversation where I had to be real and ask myself, when I go to relationships with other human beings, am I going there to try to get something from it? Or am I going there trying to give something to it? This is deep. I'll say it one more time. Let it settle in. When I go to other human beings in relationship, am I going there to try to get something from it? Or am I going there to try to give something to it? Now, over the last so many years, we've had a lot of people tell us, well, you got to give, you got to care, you got to ask, what value can I add to you? And so we've disguised going to get something under the guise of, no, but I asked them, what value can I add to you before I asked for what I wanted? Which means you really went there to get something and you figured out how to barter. Meaning if I say something that sounds generous first, then I'll get what I really want on the other side. That's not giving. That's doing a business transaction. You know, there's a book written that where it talks about the difference between a giver, a taker, and a trader. You're being a trader pretending it's giving. I was doing this a lot in my relationships. As a matter of fact, I was being a taker pretending like it was giving because I wanted to feel better about myself but it always left me feeling empty on the other side. And I never feel like I was loved enough. 
And so all of a sudden, something changed. I had to go back to the question, am I going there to get something or am I going there to give something? And if I'm going there to give something, am I going there to give what I feel like giving or am I going there to give what they need most? Because it's a disguise of how to be a taker. I want to feel good, so I'm going to go give you. I gave you so much. I gave you so much. No, you gave me what you felt like giving because that makes you feel good, which you're really just taking the good feeling. Fuck you. <laughs> Instead of, I showed up, I really paid attention to what you need, and then I gave it without needing, wanting, or asking for anything in return. That's all. I gave the gift that you needed most as you really wanted to receive it, not the way I necessarily wanted to give it. And in that ability to give like that, something changed dramatically. My number increased dramatically when I asked myself again, how do I feel about the phrase, I am loved enough? Because when I went back to that relationship with dad and I thought of all the things I ever wanted to receive, and I said, well, I wonder what he wants to receive most. And I looked for little openings and I started to give that every time we were together, our relationship flourished. Now, at first I gave it because I'd hope he'd give it in return. And I learned that was trading and it was really taking, it was sneaky taking. And I was like, you know, I need to give that shit up. I just need to show up there and give the gift for no other reason than the gift. And when I really, truly got to that place where I just showed up and gave what he needed most in that moment, all of a sudden our relationship flourished. And I started to look around at every relationship in my life and say, wow, I'm just going to show up and give what they need most right now. And every relationship started to flourish. And there was one final relationship. I remember having to stop and look in the mirror and say, whoa. I am loved enough. Big question. Do you love yourself? And at first, I remember looking in the mirror and seeing everything that was wrong with me. I got big old droopy eyelids. look fucking high all the time. Doesn't help with videos like this. <laughs> I guarantee someone will comment, this motherfucker looks high. I get it. I hear it every time. It does not help when there's a random fucking DUI traffic stop. And I pull up, I'm like, hey, officer. They're like, how much you been drinking, son? I'm like, I don't drink. I literally drink vegetable juice for breakfast. They're like, go and step out of the car. We're going to do some tests. I'm like, okay. Let's roll, nah. Like, <laughs> I ain't even mad at them. I know I got big ass droopy eyelids. Like, it's part of me. I had to learn how to love it. But I didn't love it for a good portion of my life. I used to be like, ugh, what the heck? You know? I used to look at the, the jiggle around my stomach and be like, I don't love that jiggle. I hate that jiggle. I need to kill that jiggle. I'm going to work out like a mofo to kill the jiggle. And then eventually I learned to love it. It finally started to disappear. I was like, look at that. Look at that. A little bit of love. It goes a long ways. So there's only three questions we talked about. Big question. I, I am enough. I have enough. And I'm loved enough. Now, I don't know what other questions you had, but I think if people work on all three of those, uh, it'll be a good, good foundation to start with. Yeah, for sure. Now, Jared, I, I really appreciate you sharing that because even myself, I mean, I, I reflect a lot on, on my life and, you know, with those three questions, you know, you get caught up in a lot of things and you don't really focus on the present 
you know, the now, right? Like being here now and, and the blessings that we truly do have. And we live in a very technological age, of course, with social media, you know, right at our fingertips. And I think with, with what it is that you just addressed and, and the value that you just gave today, man, I mean, really makes you want to reflect and actually go a little bit deeper to the core. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think there's one other thing that happens. Yeah. When you're someone who then feels like you are enough, you have enough, and you're loved enough, guess what percentage of the people you become on the planet? There's very wow. few people on this planet who have all three of those filled, truly filled, not fake filled, not fluff filled, not pretend filled, truly filled. All of a sudden that journey to become the 0.001% of humans on this planet, you got it. But there's only three areas you really have to focus on. You got to ask yourself the question, what has to happen for me to really, truly, honestly feel 10 out of 10 in all three of those categories? Those are the areas of focus. That's the work that needs to be done. You do that work, you fill those up, you'll be the 0.001% of the, fam- the planet. Wow, that's so true. My goodness. Jared, man, I really do appreciate it. I definitely want to be valuable with your time, of course. Um, man, where, where, can, where can the audience, where can they, they follow you on social media? Um, do, you have, do you have a website that they can you know, go to? Yeah, hit me up on Instagram. Okay. Simple as that. My name, at Jarek Robbins. You can't spell that shit. Go to Google, type it in the best year. They will find me. If, my, my, if the face looks like this, you got the right guy. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I'm always going to remember that high thing. I'm telling you. Trust me. I put up YouTube videos all the time. We put out free content all the time. And out of every 20th, 50th, 100th comment, there's some comment about it. And I, I don't mind it. It's true. I've looked in the mirror. I get it. I'm cool with it. But I had to learn how to love it at some point because I didn't yeah. like it for a lot of years. I used to always be like, man, if I just had like bigger, I, less eyelids, like, <laughs> so much better. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to choose to love myself. I'm going to choose to find that self-love and, and not be infatuated. Just love. Just say, hey, I'm cool. This is the way God made me. This is the way I came out. This is the way I landed up. I don't know if it's the way he made me, but it's how I landed up. I'm going to learn how to love this version of me. And it's probably going to change. When I get older, we have kids, all kinds of stuff's going to happen. That's going to change how I show up and how I feel and what this looks like in the world. And I'm going to learn how to be cool with that each stage. It's going to take some work, but I'll get there. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I will attach your, your Instagram in the description below for the viewers and, and the audience, of course, the listeners as well. So to click on that way they can follow you and uh, you know, reach out to Jarek. I know you're, you're pretty responsive and everything. So that's, that's a great thing. And as always, man, I mean, I really do appreciate you taking the time out and uh, for sure, just, you know, dropping that immense value. Uh, I'm sure, of course, I needed it and, and the audience really needed it. So, man, I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, again, for taking time to hang out with us and listen and watch. I appreciate y'all for doing that. Hopefully this is useful to your life. Come hang out on Instagram. I chat daily with people all over the world. And it, we have a simple mission. Reach the people that need them most at the moment they need us with the message they need. We don't know who they are, where they are, what they're up to. But our goal every day is to push out fresh new content and just good thoughts so that they vibe all around the world and find the people who need them most. So hopefully this little message right here and what we did finds the person who needs it. If it does, 
get a comment. Say, hey, I needed this today. Thank you. That's all. That's all we need. We'll keep going. Thank you very much, Derek. I really appreciate it, man. Welcome.